This week on Ottawa Business Journal's Behind the Headlines, the 2020 CEO of the year is unveiled. A Billingsbridge burger joint makes way for apartments and an icon of local retail retires. All this coming up right now on Behind the Headlines. Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines for the week ending September 25th. 2020. I'm Michael Kern from the Ottawa Business Journal. Behind the Headlines is a podcast from Ottawa Business Journal to explore the most popular stories of the week. As usual, I'm joined by two of my colleagues, Peter Cavessi and David Sally. Welcome to you both. Uh, Dave, we're going to start off with you, and we've got some really big news we're sharing today, and that is the announcement of our CEO of the year. Uh, just a little bit of history before you make the big uh uh, reveal here, Dave. The CEO of the year was founded uh, way back in the late 1990s. And this recipient that we will name today is in fact the 21st recipient for this award. Uh, it is a award that's presented uh, in conjunction with our partners, the Board of Trade. And uh, several people have a hand in this, in, including the uh, Dean of the Telford School of Management and the award sponsor, Boyden. So Dave, uh, I'm going to do the drum roll and you can let us know the 2020 CEO of the year is? The 2020 CEO of the year is John Sicard from Canaxis. Um, this is, is going to be a, a no doubt a, a hugely popular pick. All I think every year everybody anticipates the CEO award. But um, honestly, if you're looking at, uh, at companies this year and what they've done, if this is just a clear cut choice, I mean, John Sicard would probably be in the top of, of, of a lot of people's lists. I mean, Canaxis, uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, makes supply chain management software. Uh, so basically, um, it works with Fortune 500 companies. We're talking Ford, Unilever, Procter & Gamble to make sure that they've got enough stuff in their pipeline to make the, the, the stuff that goes on your, on the shelves that we buy and in the, uh, in the showcases that we buy. Um, during the pandemic, uh, uh, demand for its products has just skyrocketed. Um, it, it uses um, AI to, to basically run constant calculations to determine um, where its customers' inventory are at, what they need to order, um, all that sort of stuff to make sure the production lines are running smoothly. And it's And the number of scenarios that its customers are running every day has doubled uh, over the course of the pandemic. Its stock price, uh, not surprisingly, has also doubled over that time. It landed on the TSX list of the top 30 performers of the last three years. That was just announced uh, last week. And um, yeah, John Sicard is just a, he is a really, uh, he's an exceptional uh, person and an exceptional CEO, I think for a number of reasons, Mike. A uh, few things stand out about him. Just. First of all, the, his breadth of knowledge and experience. I mean, this is a guy who started off 26 years ago at a, at a as a software developer at a company then known as Enterprise Planning Systems. When when his predecessor Doug Colbeth took over in the early 2000s, he told me he looked at John Sicard and immediately saw a guy uh, who was one day going to be in charge of the company. He said he just uh, he had this insatiable curiosity mixed with a maniacal work ethic. He wanted to know everything about every aspect of the company. Um, so, I mean, he can he can talk to investors 
just as easily as he can talk to the guys mm -hmm. actually putting the stuff together, building the, 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 the engine block at this company. He's equally comfortable in both. Um, so that stands out. Secondly, this guy's passion is just over the top. I mean, he, 26 years after joining the company, he still loves to talk about supply chain as the, um, like he's a kid, like he's a kid at Christmas time talking about that stuff. Every day, he, he can't wait to get sit down at his desk and try and solve problems, build, figure out where the company is going. That's um, even joke that his nieces and nephews now finally understand uh, what he actually does because everybody realizes how important supply chain is now that the pandemic has put this issue in the forefront. Anybody who was trying to buy toilet paper back in April understands <laughs> yeah. how important supply chain is, right? Um, and thirdly, the other thing that really stands out about John is his compassion. He started a program, one of the first initiatives when he became CEO uh, about four years ago, one of the first things he did was to launch this program called Autism at Work. He has two sons he couldn't be prouder of. Um, his, 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 his younger son, Nicholas, is a software, uh, uh, a software tester at Canaxis. He is also autistic. John came in, uh, developed this program, working with a nonprofit here in Canada. Their goal was to get 1% of the company's workforce uh, be people on the autism spectrum. Today, they haven't just reached that goal, they've blown past it. About 2% of their workforce um, uh, is made up of people on the uh, autism spectrum. Like John says, these people are wonderful employees, hugely productive. Their brains are just wired a little differently. And um, he's that kind of guy um, talking to his coworkers. They will, they'll, they, 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 they can't praise him enough uh, for what he's done for the company. Um, so I think this is going to be a hugely popular pick. Um, just a, a real, a guy who's made so many lasting contributions to Ottawa Tech. Yeah. And you left out he's a rock band drummer. <laughs> he is. I, yes, but there's, he does so many things. That he's got that going yeah. for him, too. He's got his own band, yeah. his, his, his house in Canada North. He said, I basically wrapped the house around a production studio. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he wants to learn all about that, too. He's mixing and he's doing all the recording stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one of the things uh, that we have to consider when we're doing these deliberations is the, is not only the CEO part, but it's the of the year part. And as you indicated, this is the year for Canaxis. This is the year for Canac uh, for uh, John Scard. Um, Peter, so we're we're doing the a bit of a reveal here on this podcast. We'll also have a story on obj.ca. Uh, but uh, there's a lot more coverage coming about John Sicard and Canaxis. Uh, give us a give us a preview of that. So John Sicard, um, so Dave did a huge um, uh, in-depth profile on our CEO of the year, John Sicard. That's uh, on the uh, the cover of uh, OBJ's uh, upcoming uh, quarterly news magazine. That's uh, going to be uh, officially on the streets uh, on uh, on Monday. So uh, people can visit uh, obj.ca to uh, read the digital edition of the uh, the news magazine, as well as uh, see a map of where they can pick up a, a copy. Well, that's great. Uh, and uh, Dave, great job uh, on the profile. I was previewing it last night. And uh, uh, be sure to check out that digital edition. And of course, there are print copies, as Peter said, uh, being released uh, starting today, the Friday afternoon, and also uh, next week. So Peter, let's go to uh, story number two. Uh, 
this one is a real estate story that uh, is centered around the Billingsbridge area. There is a well-known Harvey's. I don't know why I know this, know this Harvey so well, but there's a well-known Harvey's on Bank Street. Maybe it was one of the first Harvey's in the city. I don't know. Have anyway, you? they're tearing it down <laughs> and they're putting up some apartment buildings. The story is not the, that the Harvey's is coming down. The story is the apartment buildings. Tell us about those. <laughs> well, this is a, uh, um, a development application that's put forward by a Gatineau developer, uh, Lofty Riverside, and uh, it does involve a uh, plot of land on Bank Street uh, across from Billingsbridge Shopping Center that's currently home to a Harvey's and a uh, and a uh, auto repair shop. So this, uh, this proposal is for a 26-story uh, apartment building. And what I found particularly interesting uh, about this is just, you know, we're starting to see more and more development applications of this size and scope creeping a little bit further um, away from the, the downtown core. Now, of course, you know, this property, uh, it is just across the other uh, Rita River. It's close to Carleton University and Bank Street. Uh, that corridor is home to, uh, to plenty of high rises. But there was a part of the development application that stood out to me. And that was when the developer said, this is really in a response to rising demand for rental accommodations. Um, inside uh, the Greenbelt and particularly located uh, close to um, Rapid Transit. And of course, this is just across from the, uh, the Billingsbridge uh, Transit Station. Um, Mike, it's so funny you say that, though. I have to say, just as an aside, I can't get over for reasons I don't fully understand how much this Harvey's is a local landmark. Everyone in the newsroom, all my friends who I spoke to about about this property, they're all like, oh, that's the Harvey's intersection. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. And even after we published the story, uh, the first comment from our readers was like, oh, what's the developer going to do with the Harveys? So um, this is, like I said, one I just I don't fully understand, but it is also shining uh, a light on a apparently kind of important local landmark to a lot of residents. Well, they do make burgers a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the slogan, right? <laughs> So, uh, Dave, listen, we're going to go to our third and final story uh, for this week. And uh, it, again, is a really, really big one. And, uh, you know, sometimes we overuse the word milestone. We won't in this case. Um, an iconic figure in Ottawa's retail landscape uh, is retiring uh, after a remarkable, remarkably long, remarkable in success, but remarkably long as well, uh, career. Uh, so tell us who... Uh, who is calling it quits? That's right, Mike. Uh, like you say, uh, milestone is is no exaggeration here. Uh, this guy might be like I mean I can't think of another guy who's built a bigger retail empire in in Ottawa than Gordon Reed, the founder of Giant Tiger, and he announced this week that um, after almost sixty years as uh, as CEO of the iconic retail chain, he is stepping down. Uh, it's, um, you know, he just says it's the right time. And I mean, uh, this guy took a, a, you know, took one store on York Street back in 1961. He has built it into hundreds of stores across the country uh, into a $2 billion a year revenue enterprise. I mean, this, what an unbelievable success story that I don't think a lot of Ottawans even fully appreciate, really, uh, what Gordon Reed has meant to Canadian retail. Um, so, yeah, so he, you know, uh, he is uh, now into his late 80s. Uh, he received our Lifetime Achievement Award uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, and he's handing the reins over to Paul Wood, uh, who's been a Giant Tiger now himself for 17 years and most recently President and Chief Operating Officer. He has now taken over as CEO and uh, 
there's no question like he's got big shoes to fill um uh you know the company is facing all kinds of challenges uh retail is um you know is in a huge state of flux right now as as the shift to e-commerce has just you know um gone into overdrive during the pandemic so um so there really are it's going to be interesting to see how giant tiger continues to adapt to those challenges it did a great job um of um you know of being able to keep it not just keep its head above water but thrive when huge competitors like walmart came into the market mm -hmm. in the mid 90s and everybody predicted oh my god that's it that's going to be the end of of, uh, of you know canadian retail and giant tiger kept kept on thriving and growing even more so we shall see how they how the chain adapts and um and how the new man uh adjusts to to his new role yeah almost 60 years that's uh, that's incredible it's, it's amazing and there might be uh some listeners or some people watching this that uh might be thinking dave's dave might have misspoke when he said two billion but that's right it's two billion and i don't think anyone gets that in ottawa two billion dollar retailer right here in our city i mean Absolutely. uh the magnitude of that is uh, is staggering yeah so listen peter we're going to start wrapping up uh give us a sense of what's coming up with ottawa business journal well, on Monday, we're going to be um, uh, hitting a, a bit of an important milestone, uh, which is when our first uh, news magazine since before the pandemic uh, hits the street. Obviously, um, you know, over uh, the, this period, we've still been publishing uh, stories online, but uh, we are back with our uh, our uh, news magazine. We've got a uh, preview copy here. So uh, in addition to uh, Dave's uh, great feature on John Sicard, there's um, a bunch of other great, uh, great stories. Um, one particular section to highlight is uh, our latest uh, edition of OBJ regional. So earlier in 2020, we expanded our editorial mandate, expanded our um, editorial coverage to include the business communities outside of the, uh, the national capital region. And in this issue of, uh, of OBJ regional, we're looking at uh, the really hot residential market uh, in the Ottawa Valley, taking a look at a um, indoor farming startup in Cornwall, as well as a Canadian battery recycler that's getting uh, a lot of its uh, power, if I can uh, use the term, uh, from its uh, Kingston um, R&D hub. Uh, we also do uh, a roundup of a, a really spectacular video series that's being led by a uh, longtime uh, Eastern Ontario uh, journalist, Mark Van Dusen, who's uh, been doing uh, interviews with uh, startups, uh, entrepreneurs, and other business executives from, uh, from around uh, the, uh, the, the region. Um, uh, other features in the news magazine, uh, Caroline Phillips has a wonderful profile of uh, outgoing uh, Telford Dean uh, Francois Julien. Um, there's a neat feature on a really under the radar uh, consultancy company that actually um, uh, dates its lineage back to the original Canadian Pacific Railway. It's uh, helping uh, design infrastructure projects all over uh, the, the, the globe. Um, and. Uh, Oh yeah, the other, the, my other uh, favorite feature uh, in the edition is another piece from uh, from Caroline that's actually exploring how uh, some uh, restaurants are choosing to expand and open up new locations uh, amid uh, the the pandemic. So that's an important one to keep an eye on. And I'll just quickly mention one other um, item that's coming up next week on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be hosting a, a free webinar for uh, for employers uh, in partnership with uh, with our sponsor Eamon Harden. It's all about the duty to accommodate, and that's uh, particularly timely with uh, with students back in school in either in class or uh, doing online learning it's exploring what uh, what the uh, the landscape does look like for employers what are their rights what are their uh, responsibilities so I um, encourage you to, uh, to sign up uh, for that webinar you can find the details uh, at uh, obj.ca/events 
Well, thanks, Peter. And I guess we should say go Blue Jays. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that won't make it onto the podcast, but uh, we'll stick to local <laughs> business stories. So uh, listen, we're going to wrap up now uh, on behalf of Peter Cavesi and Dave Sally and Michael Curran. Uh, wrapping up, be sure to watch this podcast uh, on YouTube. Uh, you can also listen to it in audio format on iTunes, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, uh, and lots of other great platforms. And be sure to check out obj.ca each and every day for the very latest in local uh, news coverage. That's all for this week. I uh, hope to see you again real soon.